I want to start today by asking a question, and it's a question that I believe is very fitting and relevant, especially given that today is Valentine's Day. And it's a question based on something that I see all the time, and I'm sure you do as well. And the question is this, is how is it possible that one person can make me the happiest I've ever been, and then the same person can also make me the angriest I've ever been? Like, how is it possible for one person to elicit such a strong positive response and such a strong negative response? How is it possible that it's the same person? And you know what I'm talking about. Okay, this is the person that when, you know, when you were dating or when you were engaged, this is the person that just, you know, thinking of them brought a smile to your face or just someone mentioning their name and you got the goosebumps or just hearing their voice. Okay. And you, you started to get the butterflies in your stomach. How is it possible that, that that same person, just a few short months or years later, the same person elicits the exact opposite response? Because now it's not goosebumps when I hear that person's coming. Now all of a sudden it's like upset stomach. Now it's not a smile when I hear their voice. Now all of a sudden it's a scowl and it's ready to fight. How is it possible that the same person elicits such strong, extreme responses on both sides? And like I said, you've all seen this. Okay, we all know people like this. I know people who are the nicest people on the planet, the kindest, the most generous, the most compassionate people that if you hurt them, they say, okay, you know, it's okay, and I forgive, and okay. People that if they get, you know, betrayed or, or, or let down, they say everyone has weakness, and everyone deserves, you know, forgiveness, and it's okay. People that if they hear on the news about a criminal who committed a felony and is going to prison, their first thought is, you know, I hope they're not mistreated there. Everyone deserves a second chance, and I hope this person gets a second chance. How is it possible that these same people, how is it possible that may God help this person's husband if she comes home and he left the toilet seat up? May God help her husband if that's the case or that he didn't put away the laundry. Like, how is it possible that the same person who's so nice and forgiving everywhere else, husband doesn't put the, the toilet seat up, husband doesn't put away the laundry and all of a sudden it's, what kind of person is this? What kind of monster did I marry? How could someone be so insensitive? How could someone be so uncaring? How is it possible that the same man who, like I said, generous, compassionate, kind, giving and gives everyone a second chance, all of a sudden his wife comes home with a scratch and woof, Wife comes home with a scratch on the car. May God have mercy on her. May God help her. How could I have married someone so irresponsible? And what kind of monster? And I feel betrayed and I can't. Like I'm talking about even Judas himself would not elicit such a strong response as our spouses do from us at some point. My question is, how is that possible? And the reason why I ask this question is because I think the answer helps us to discover one of the most common lies that the devil puts inside our heads when it comes to marriage. And in case you're just tuning in today for the first time, we're in part two of a series called Marriage, Don't Believe the Lies, where we're talking about what I believe are the four most common lies that the devil gives us and feeds us in order to destroy our homes and our marriages and our families. And in case you missed last week, the reason why this is so important is this, is that a lie believed as truth will affect your life as if it were true. A lie believed as truth will affect your life as if it were true. Like the issue isn't whether or not it's true. The issue is whether or not you believe it's true. And if you believe it's true, that's all that matters. And last week I gave you the example about how one time I came to church on a Sunday and I had a little fun with the congregation that day. And I started the sermon by saying that today I put four $100 bills underneath four of the chairs uh, in, in the room here today. And I said, whoever is sitting in that chair, turn around and grab it. 
And that was that was 100% lie. It was not true. But because they believed it was true, it affected the way they behaved. Like I told you last week, grown men and women, Sunday best, high heels, makeup, hair, whatever it was, on the floor, on their backs, looking under the chair, stepping over one another to get to the empty chairs. And the fact that what I said was a lie didn't matter. What mattered was they believed that it was true and that affected their behavior. And that's what I see all the time these days. I see the devil destroying homes and marriages, not because he says, I want to destroy you. I want you to be bad. I want you to be evil. I want you to mess up your future and your kid's future. That's not what he says. What he says is I want you to be good, but then he lies to us about what is good. And the reason why he does that is because that is his nature. Jesus said it this way in John 8, 44, when he, Satan lies, he speaks his native language for he is a liar and the father of lies. That's what the devil does. That's what he did to Eve, right? In the garden. He didn't tell her, eat this and it's going to be a disaster and the whole world is going to be affected negatively because of it. He said, no. He said, eat this. It'll be good for you. He lied to her about what is good. And he does that all the time. And what we're doing in this series is we're looking at what I believe are the four most common lies that the devil tells us and convinces us that this is the right thing and this is the good way. And of course, who wouldn't think this way? And in the end, we're believing a lie that's going to destroy us when all is said and done. And last week, in case you missed it, we looked at the first lie, which I believe is much more common today than it's ever been throughout history. And it was this, is that I married the wrong person. I married the wrong person. And this lie comes from our consumeristic mindset that exists all across culture today, which is, you know what? You don't like it, send it back. Didn't work, okay? Put it in the, the, the box, free shipping, return it, and get, get a new one. That's how we approach life. And unfortunately, and so we're started to approach marriage as well. And the issue is now, no, 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 it's not that I need to be more patient. It's that I married the wrong person. And if I had married the right person, then I wouldn't need to be patient because they wouldn't push my buttons. So clearly, I, I, like, I, I bought the wrong one. I ordered the wrong one. That's okay. Send it back. I married the wrong person. Or it's not that I need to be less critical. No, no, no. It's that, you know, I, I married the wrong person. And if I married the right person, he wouldn't do the things that annoy me. So I wouldn't need to be less critical. So once you accept this lie, if I married the wrong person, then all of a sudden, all the attention gets shifted off of you and what you need to, to, to fix and your shortcomings. And all the attentions on the other person, how they are the wrong person. And if I just found the right person, then all of a sudden everything would magically be okay. Because that's the way it is in the movies, right? And the movies would never lie to us. Well, what we talked about last week is that's a very immature way of viewing life. Okay? Great marriages, successful marriages are not based on some magical fairy tale, marry the right person, behave however you want to behave, and just marry the right person, it's all going to work out. That's, that, that's, that's, that's an immature view of life. Great marriages are not based on magic. They're based on hard work and commitment. And what we talked about last week, if you're struggling with this lie and the devil's feeding you this, I married the wrong person, you started to believe it. You actually need to do the exact opposite of what your instinct is telling you. Your instinct is telling you, marry the wrong person, run for cover. Exactly, exactly opposite is what is, is what is needed. That we need to, as we talked about last week, go all into our marriage. And we need to, we talked about three things. Number one, get rid of the D word. Get that word out of our vocabulary. We never say that D word. Number two, we believe in our spouse. And then number three, we trust in the sacrament. And when, I promise you, when you go all in, when you go all in, I promise you, I'm not saying it'll solve all your problems, but I'm guaranteeing you that when you go all in, you got a chance you got a chance 
because that's the only way you're going to find success. Now, the second lie, which is our topic this week, is especially relevant if you are single and not married. Now, everything in this series, as I talked about last week, is applicable whether you're single or you're married. It doesn't really matter because as I told you last week, I got rid of this idea. There's no such thing as marriage problems. I don't believe in marriage problems anymore. What I believe in, in people with problems get married. But I don't believe anything that like, you know, everything was fine and I was good and everything was great and we got married and all these problems. No, 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 no. There's no thing as marriage problems. There's people with problems who get married. And the same problems that you had before you were married, if you don't address them, you will just simply carry them in to your marriage. Okay? Our problems are not created at our wedding. They are simply exposed in marriage. And to illustrate this point, okay, I brought two friends along with me to illustrate this. Last week, I had a special guest, which was my wife. This week, I have two special guests, and they are, let's get them right here, Mr. Blue and Miss Orange. Everyone say hi to Mr. Blue and Miss Orange. Mr. Blue and Miss Orange, okay, are two, uh, is a married couple who um, has known each other for years. They've been married for about five years. They, you know, met after college. You know, uh, he was working in a nice job, and, you know, they went to church together, and he saw her, and, you know, but clearly she's a knockout, so she, she caught her eye right away. And all of a sudden they met, they started dating, and they started getting close to each other, and eventually they got married. Now, as you see with Mr. Blue and Miss Orange right here, is that each of them has some stuff inside them. Okay, he's got some blue stuff, she's got some orange stuff inside them. Now, the stuff when it comes out can get kind of messy. So what they did, they were very careful, okay, very careful when they were dating to make sure that none of the stuff fell out. They were very careful. Then they got married. And when they got married, all of a sudden, a bump happened. And when that bump happened, some stuff came out of Mr. Blue. And all of a sudden, Miss Orange said, where'd this stuff come from? I didn't see this before. I didn't know you had anger. I didn't know you were so impatient. I didn't know you had these issues. And he would say, neither did I. Because you know what? Before you, before you bumped me, I didn't know, I never seen that stuff either. And then they let it go. And then they go along again, be careful. But as you get married, you get a little less careful. And all of a sudden, they bump again. And now some stuff came out of her. But all of a sudden, some nagging and some criticizing and some. And then all of a sudden, he's thinking to himself, uh-oh, where did this come from? Uh, I never seen this before. And, and you, why didn't you tell me that you had this stuff inside? And she says, well, I didn't have it inside. And if you stopped bumping me, it wouldn't. you wouldn't see any of this stuff. So it's your fault for start bumping me. And all of a sudden, they find themselves in a little bit of a situation. And now they're married. And as they're married, now all of a sudden, a little bit less careful. And you see some bumping happen all around. And I'm making a big mess right here. Okay, but that's what happens. Okay, is the stuff starts flying. And then all of a sudden, he's thinking to himself, oh, no, what did I get myself into? I didn't realize I married someone with all these this orange stuff inside. And she's thinking to herself, oh, no, how could I have married someone who has all this? I didn't see any of this before. And she's telling her sister, he, you know, came out of nowhere. He has, he has anger problems, and I, I didn't see it coming. He's telling his friends. He's saying, you know what? She's got serious issues. She keeps on bumping me, and I don't know why. And she's bringing all this stuff out, out of me. And soon, all of a sudden, they start to believe the lie. They start to believe the lie, which is our topic for today, and that is this. It's all his fault, or it's all her fault. The second lie that the devil feeds us is it's all his fault, or it's all her fault. 
The reason that I get angry has nothing to do with me. It's all her fault. It's because she keeps bumping into me and she keeps nagging me. The reason that, the reason that I get uh, so critical is not because of me. It's all his fault. It's because he makes such dumb decisions and he's so insensitive and he's so uncaring. The truth of the matter is, okay, as we saw here with Mr. Blue and Miss Orange, is that all of us, all of us have stuff inside of us. There isn't a person who of us who's perfect. None of us come to the table without stuff inside. But as long as we are single, as long as we are single, what we do is we avoid the bumps, okay? We avoid the bumps because we're very, very careful. And all of a sudden, when we're single and we see someone's getting about to bump us, what we do is we just walk away. Because it's very easy when you're single to walk away. It's very easy just to distance yourself. It's very easy to put yourself and say, you know what? This person's not bringing the best out of me, so we walk away. But then we get married. And when you get married, there's no place to run. No place to hide. There's till death do us part. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, some of the stuff that we had been avoiding starts to come out of us. And we don't like what we see, and we are tempted to believe that it's all his fault or it's all her fault. The question is, though, okay, back to my example right here with Mr. Blue and Ms. Orange. Did marriage, did she create the blue beads inside him? Or did he create the orange beads inside her? Like, is marriage responsible for creating the beads? You would say, no. Marriage didn't create them. Marriage simply exposed what was already in there. In his mind, he is 1,000% convinced that she's causing the blue to come out of me. That if it wasn't for her, there'd be no blue coming out of me because she keeps bumping me and she keeps bumping me. And before I had her, the blue was all self-contained. And she would say the same thing, that before him, all the orange was self-contained. But the truth is, is that he is not causing it to come out of her and she is not causing it to come out of him. The truth is, the reason blue beads are coming out of you is because that's what's inside you. And the reason orange beads are coming out of you because that's what's inside of you. Said another way, our truth for today is this, is that what's in you will eventually come out of you regardless of who's with you. What's in you will eventually come out of you regardless of who's with you. And this is the answer to our question of why people who are in love end up hating each other so much, end up being so angry at each other so much. This is the answer why. Because they blame each other for the stuff that's already inside them. He thinks this bad stuff is coming out of me because if she keeps bumping me, she keeps saying this, she keeps doing this, and she's thinking the exact same thing. Where the truth is, simply, the reason that's coming out of you, Mr. Blue, is because that's what's inside you. And the reason that's coming out of you, Ms. Orange, because that's what's inside you. Because what's in you will eventually come out of you, regardless of who's with you. So is it possible for two people to love each other and respect each other and care for each other and never have any problems and never have any issues and they're always there for each other? Is that possible? Yes, in theory, but it would mean that they came in with no stuff inside them. So you know what? If you lived a perfect childhood and your parents were always there for you and they were always there for each other and it was a totally loving and nurturing environment and your parents were madly in love and your dad was there for your mom and, and your mom was there for your dad and they held hands and they made, you know, uh, little googly eyes at one another. And, and, and if that's the case, 
you got a chance. Or maybe, and it's not just your parents, if you growing up, like your friends never stabbed you in the back, and you know, your teachers never uh, hurt you, and your brothers and sisters never betrayed you, and if that's the way it is for you, and your relationships, all your relationships were full of good, no bad, no blue beads, no orange beads, then yes, it is absolutely possible for you to have a perfect marriage without putting in any work. <laughs> but that's not reality. Reality is each one comes to the table with stuff inside them. Each one of us has issues and we bring it to the table because you know what? Dad wasn't always there for us. Mom wasn't always there for us. They weren't always there for each other. We did get hurt. We did make mistakes. We have been betrayed. We have been left alone. And because of that, there is no such thing as a perfect heart without any beads. There's no such thing as a person who comes in with nothing on the inside. And therefore, therefore, we need to find another solution. So solution one to having a perfect marriage, have nothing inside. That, 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 that train has left the station, okay? That ship has sailed and that is, is no longer an option. So we need another option. We need a better option. We need a way to make sure that the issues of our past, okay, the issues of our past are not dictating the future that we so much covet in our marriage. We need to make sure that there's a way that we can handle the beads that are inside of us because we all come to the table with it. And that gets us to our our action item for today. And it's going to be based on a verse from Proverbs chapter four. Okay. And in Proverbs chapter four, King Solomon says something very simple. And you'll see this advice and you say, you know what, that, that's simple. Anyone can do it. But you know what? The majority of us, 99% of us, even though it's so simple, 99% of us do not do it. And I hope that can change today. And the advice is this, Proverbs 4.23. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Above all else, guard your heart. Now, King Solomon was a very wise person and he wrote a lot, okay? He wrote the book of Proverbs. He wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, wrote Song of Songs. And in those books, he gave us a lot of wisdom. He talked about a lot of different topics, but this is the only time that I find him saying above all else, meaning I talked about a lot of stuff, but this is a priority. This is number one, because as he says in the verse, everything you do flows from this. And the advice there is to guard your heart. Said another way, pay attention to what's inside you. Pay attention to the beads that are in there, because whether you realize it or not, they are the root of everything that you do in life. And you know what? This is kind of hard to see in ourselves, but it becomes a lot easier when we look around us because it's so much easier to see in our friends and the people around us. Like for example, let's say you got a friend and you've seen this before. Okay. I, I guarantee you if, you, if you think you've seen this before, a friend gets in a fight with their spouse. Okay. She did this or he did this or whatever it may be. And, and let's say it's a female friend. So her husband did something wrong. And let's say that wrong was a four. Okay. On a scale of one to 10, his wrong was a four. Like he did a four, the level four crime. Her reaction was like a 10. So I'm not saying he didn't do anything wrong, but what I'm saying is the wrong was a four and your reaction was a six, or I'm sorry, was a 10. So that six, that's on you. Like his four should have elicited a four, but it elicited a 10. So you know what? That, that, that delta, that difference, that's on you. That's your issue. That's something going on more than meets the story. Okay, that's the husband who his wife makes a comment and the comment wasn't the nicest. It was a little disrespectful, 
But I mean, his reaction, like, come on. Like, there's more to the story is what I'm trying to say. It's more than just what she said. There's something else going on. There's more to the story. And that's what it means. Guard your heart. The devil wants you to believe that the reason you're reacting this way is it's all her fault or it's all his fault. And you know what? You're totally justified. But what I'm saying is, are you sure about that? Are you sure that it's all their fault? Are you sure that you didn't enter into the relationship with some beads that are inside you? And I'll give you another example. This is like the guy, okay, and again, we've all seen it. This is the guy or the girl who in, you know, goes from relationship to relationship and, you know, dating this guy or dating this girl and, you know, she's great and they're so happy and then something happens, okay? It's like three or four months down the line and, and, and problems start to happen and all of a sudden, you know, he starts complaining about this and they break up. You say, okay, you know, things happen. And then, you know, six months later, it's like rinse and repeat. It's change the names, change the circumstances, but you know what? It's the exact same. Meets a girl, dates for a little bit, and then the same problem comes up. Six months later, same thing comes up. And all of a sudden, you know, you ask him and he's saying, you know what? I, I just, I don't know what's wrong. Like every time I get close to a girl, all this blue stuff starts flying out of me. And I just need to meet a girl. Like, are there no normal girls out there who don't cause this blue stuff to come out of me? And you're thinking to yourself, are you sure it's the girls? Like it's all of them? Or maybe... The issue is inside you. Guard your heart, man. Guard your heart. Because everything that you do flows from it. Jesus, Jesus said it in, in, in a slightly different way in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 15. He said, those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. He's saying your reaction isn't so much based on necessarily what she said or what he did. But it's coming from inside you because it's out of the heart that all the bad stuff proceeds. So we need to learn how to guard our heart, which again, sounds simple. But if I, if I asked you how many, what's your plan for guarding your heart? Most people would be like, uh, I'm not really sure what you're talking about. Well, good news. You are in luck. Everyone should say thank you, God, today because you, as your lucky day, because you have with you an expert when it comes to guarding their heart. That's right, in case you didn't know it. I am a self-proclaimed emotional heart genius slash expert. Yes, that's right. You may think of me as an unemotional person, but I will share with you how I came up with a system, okay, because I'm a systems guy. I came up with a system of how to guard your heart that I'm going to share with you today. And I believe this can be a game changer for you as it was for me. This is something that I shared in the past, okay? This is something about four years ago is that God really put it on my heart out of nowhere. I don't even know where it came from. Like everything was fine, or at least I thought everything was fine. And somehow God put it on my heart that my goal for that year was going to be to get in touch with my emotions. And again, those who know me know I never said those words before in my life. And I always thought that was just something people said on TV. Just to, I, never, I never knew real people actually said those words. But I felt God telling me to get in touch with my emotions and I started a habit and I have, you know, adapted it along the years that I'm still practicing to this day. And I'm telling you, it has made such a difference in my life with helping me to guard my heart. And I want to share that with you in a little bit. But before I tell you how to guard your heart, let me tell you how not to guard your heart. And let me tell you how the devil's going to try to push us in the wrong direction right here. And you must be careful that guarding your heart 
Okay, you will be tempted to do what I'm about to say, and I'm telling you it is the exact opposite. And that is this, the wrong way is to focus on their behavior versus on my heart. That's the wrong way. Focusing on her behavior or his behavior rather than focusing on my heart. Meaning, as I just said a minute ago, the problem is that she nags too much. Or the problem is that she doesn't respect me. If she stopped nagging and she started respecting, then I would be more control and I wouldn't have all these issues. Or, you know what? The problem is that him, the problem is that he is callous. He's cold. He's uncaring. He doesn't call enough. He doesn't ask about me enough. That's the problem. If he started caring about me more, then none of this bad stuff would come, would come out of me. Our instinct is going to be to protect ourselves. Our instinct is that there's bad stuff coming out of me. It's her fault. It's his fault. It's not my fault. It's, it's protecting ourselves and saying, you know what? It's when this person stops doing this or starts doing this, then everything will be okay. The problem with this strategy is two things. Number one, by saying this, it's a very weak position because you've lost all control. You basically said, this is my life. I'm stuck here until my spouse makes the decision to make this change. I'm under their control. So you've removed all ability from your own hands. The second thing, <clears throat> reason why this is a bad uh, approach is because it denies personal responsibility, which let's be honest, that's a problem that we struggle with in our, in our culture today is we tend to deny our own personal accountability and responsibility. And Jesus had some strong words to say about people who thought it was always everyone else's fault. And it was your fault and it was her fault and it was his fault. Jesus had some strong words to say in Matthew chapter 7, verse 3 through 5. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite. Hypocrite. First, remove the plank from your own eye and then, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And we're going to substitute brother and sister here for wife or husband. Hypocrite. First, guard your heart. Examine your heart. Figure out what your part is. And then you'll be you'll see clearly to see what's wrong with your spouse. So, let me translate that. Ladies, maybe the problem isn't your husband. Maybe the problem isn't him. Maybe it's you. Maybe the problems that you see today, which are all his fault. Maybe it's problems that you came in with. Like maybe the problem isn't that he didn't call you that night when he was going to be late. Maybe that's not the problem. Maybe the problem is you have trust issues. You came into marriage with trust issues. You always had them from growing up. Your dad wasn't there. Your mom wasn't there. Someone betrayed you, whatever it may be. You know, no one ever listened to you. No one ever asked about you. No one cared. You came in with issues. And now all of a sudden, the first time that he didn't call you or the first time that you started to sense, oh no, he did what my dad did that one time. The first time, it's like I said, it's World War III. You give him the business. And all of a sudden, your unresolved issue with your father or your mother now is his fault. Gentlemen, maybe it's not your wife. Maybe it's not her fault. Maybe it's not that she's too critical. 
Maybe that's what you've been convincing yourself. Maybe that's not the case. Maybe it's that you're too sensitive. Maybe it's because you're a little insecure. Maybe it's because you've always kind of felt like a failure. Your dad, your mom, they treated you in such a way. You always felt like you weren't as good as your brother or your sister or whatever it was. So you kind of came into marriage with some insecurity issues and some like feeling low, bad about yourself. So all of a sudden, she says one word. She says, oh, you know, it's great that your brother got this job. And all of a sudden, your reaction, like I said, that's a 10 and it's a World War III and it's how could she and disrespect me and doesn't she know? Well, hold on. Maybe it's not her. Maybe it's you. Everyone, men, women. This is, And this, by the way, is not just marriage, but specifically in marriage. This is everyone. Listen carefully. If you never felt appreciated growing up in your entire life, you never felt appreciated. That doesn't go away when you get married. Like you're going to carry that into marriage and you're going to struggle to feel appreciated by your husband or by your wife. That's not their fault. That's not something that they created. That's something that you carried in. If you felt your mom was overbearing, you felt suffocated, you felt like they were always on top of you. The first time your wife starts asking you about something that you don't want to talk about, you're going to react in the same way. And you're going to take out what, what unresolved issue with your mother on your wife. Well, I'm here to tell you, come on guys, your problem is not your spouse's problem. It's your problem. Your problem is your problem. You're the one who brought it into marriage. Stop blaming your spouse. The reason blue is coming out of you is because that's what's inside you. The reason orange is coming out of you because that's what's inside you. Our spouse doesn't create the problems. They simply expose them in marriage. And once I accept this, once I can accept this truth, man, oh man, the freedom I will find I know it sounds like the opposite. It sounds like, no, once I accept it, then I'm going to feel bad. No, it's the exact opposite. Once I accept that I'm the one who's carried this in, now I'm in control. Now I can address it. Now I can do something. Now I'm not at the mercy of whether or not my husband changes or whether or not my, 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 my wife changes. Now I'm in control. I'm accountable. I'm responsible. And I can do something about it. What to do about it? I want to get very practical right here. And I want to share, like I said a minute ago, I have a system that, that I've been using for the past four years to guard my heart and I've adapted along the way. And I certainly don't think this is the only way to do it. And, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, many people out there are smarter than me and can do this more intuitively. But this is like the how to guard your heart for dummies because I'm kind of a dummy when it comes to my emotions and my heart. So my point here is if I can do it, then you can do it. Okay, if I can figure this thing out, then anyone can figure this out. And what I hope you realize based on everything I just said is the importance of trying, okay? Because I'm gonna say what I'm about to say, I'm gonna share my system and you're gonna be tempted to have one of two reactions and it'll probably fall along gender lines. Like guys, I'm gonna say, guard your heart and share my system. And you're going to say, I don't need to do that, okay? That's dumb, okay? I don't need to do that, I'm fine with that. And for you wives out there, let me translate how, how, what that means, okay, in, in your speak, okay, what, what, what your husband is saying when saying this is dumb. What he's saying is, honestly, I don't think I can do that. I don't know what that means. I'm kind of scared of what comes out. So you know what? I'm just going to say this is dumb. And that's kind of my way of saying, I don't think I can do it. So why even try? No, guys, if I can do it, you can do it. Ladies, you might be t tempted to have the opposite reaction, which is... Pfft, of course, I know how to do that. I'm an expert at it. I'm all about my feelings. I got like 15, 16 feelings right now that I can spew out at you and I can share about my... And I'm going to tell you this. Don't assume because you have a heart, that means you're guarding it. Don't assume because you have a heart, that means that you're guarding it. 
And in fact, the more stuff that's in your heart, the more emotional you are, the more having a system is going to be super important because if not, like you got more to control. That means that there's more stuff that's in there and could get really messy unless you have a system of how you're going to address it. Okay. So regardless of which end of the extreme you are, this is dumb or this is easy. Regardless of whichever you are, I'm going to challenge you and invite you to do the following. To regularly, regularly examine and honestly clarify how I'm feeling. To regularly examine and honestly clarify how I'm feeling. And the key there, obviously, is the two components. Regular and honest. Regular meaning... I will tell you about my system that I do daily. Daily is not the maximum. I believe it's the minimum. Okay. And you may want to do this. Hopefully we can start with this practice. Okay. I'll tell you how I do it. Five minutes every morning, how I kind of guard my heart. And then you know what? It can eventually become something that becomes ingrained into just how you think. And you can do it throughout the day. Okay. It's not a complicated thing. But the second part there is honestly. If you remember in the last series, for those who watched it, one of the one of the things that we talked about is being honest with ourselves. Okay, being honest with ourselves. And I asked you, or I challenged you to ask yourself this question throughout your day. Am I being honest with myself? Am I being honest with myself really? What I talked about in that series is how we are all experts at selling ourselves lies and convincing ourselves of something that's true when it's simply not. And it's very dangerous when it comes to this heart area and more than anything else. So we can convince ourselves, no, 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 no. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all. This is just the natural consequence of that person's behavior. I'm not mad. I'm not upset. This is just natural consequences. I'm not, I'm not cheating. I'm not cheating on my spouse. Okay. I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm just getting my needs met because they won't meet my needs. Okay. We lie to ourselves. Not cheating, not doing anything wrong. They're not meeting my needs, simply doing what I have to do to survive. I'm not being mean. I'm not being selfish. That's just how God made me. And I'm not being rude. And I'm not, that's just how God made me. I'm going to challenge you to regularly examine, but honestly clarify how you're feeling and be honest what's inside. There's a great quote here from um, St. Augustine who said this, He said, people travel to wonder at the height of the mountains, at the huge waves of the sea, at the long courses of rivers, at the vast compass of the ocean, at the circular motion of the stars. And yet they pass by themselves without wondering. That's a beautiful quote. Of all the things that we marvel at and we wonder at and we take time to examine and we take time to dissect, the one most important is what's inside there. And I'm going to challenge you to do what I do at least for a little bit of time and then you can adapt it to your own system. What I do is every morning, I start my day the same way. I start my day, of course, first with some time in prayer. And then before I get to my Bible reading, okay, I was prayer and Bible, but before, okay, in between there, I pray and then I go to my journal and I guard my heart by asking myself the following question. How am I feeling right now? And every morning, and I know this sounds... Again, you're going to be, this is dumb or this is easy, but just stick with me. I make myself write in my journal. Today, I am feeling blank because of blank. So I have to write in there. Today, I'm feeling blank because of blank. 
And again, just for those who know me, this is not something that's easy for me. This is very difficult. And especially at the beginning, I really struggled with this because I'm the kind of guy, like for the first three or four days, I think my what I wrote in there was, today I'm feeling fine because Jesus loves me. Okay, that was like my feeling, okay? How are you feeling? Great, why? Because Jesus loves me. And I stand by my statement that Jesus loves me and that's enough reason for me to feel great. But the point is not that that's not true. Okay, my wife had to work with me here and she had to say, okay, like very good. You did a good job there, Buna Anthony, like very good, but let's try to go deeper and let's see if there's other thoughts and feelings that are inside there. So I said, okay, and I went a little bit deeper. And what I discovered is, is that as I went a little bit deeper, I discovered that sometimes I wasn't fine and sometimes I wasn't great. But you know what? That my personality, I never think about that. I just push it down. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. But you know what I discovered? I would walk out in the morning and say, I'm fine. And then I'd be snappy with people around me. And I'd be a little short with my kids when I came home. And then I'd be a little, you know, uh, easily frustrated with my wife. And I started to think about it and say, you know what? The truth is, like the easy thing, yeah, 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 is because the kids didn't clean up the toys. And it's because you were insensitive about this. And because you did this. Like, that's the easy thing. But come on, we're going to go deeper. The truth is, you know what? I wasn't fine in the morning. I, I was annoyed. I was annoyed by that email that I got. Like that, like if I'm honest, I was hurt by, by, by that criticism. That, that hurt me. I, was, I, I felt betrayed by so-and-so. And you know what? Once you realize that that's what's going on inside, then all of a sudden, when someone bumps into you and the stuff comes out, then all of a sudden, it's, it's not the kid's fault. It's not the kid's fault. Because you know what? Had the kids bumped into me and the kids left a mess on a day where I was feeling good, things have been very different. And had my wife done this, when things were feeling good, things have been very different. Or it's not the driver on the beltway and, you know, the cursing and the how could and his dumb people get their license, whatever it may be. Come on. That same driver's out there every single day. The difference is not the outside people. The difference is what's on the inside of my heart. <clears throat> Maybe some days <clears throat> my feeling is I feel overwhelmed. I feel stressed. I feel like it's too much on my plate. And again, I'll be tempted to think that, you know what? The reason I snapped at my wife is because she was nagging me. The reason I snapped at my kids is because they're irresponsible. The reason I was, you know, not as caring with this person is because they're too needy, okay? And they need to figure out how to do it on them. Okay, that's what I'll be tempted to think. But the truth of the matter is, is it's not their fault. And what my state going into that day was much more of a factor than what their words or their behavior or whatever it may be. <clears throat> said another way, my ability to feel, whether it's loved or respected or cared for or whatever it may be, my ability to feel certain things depends a lot more on the condition of my heart than it does on the behavior of other people. And you know this to be true. So that's why it is worth it for us to regularly examine and to honestly clarify how I'm feeling. And then that's kind of like step one. Now, if you want to go next level and kind of progress up the, the chart right here, the next step that I started doing is not just clarify how I'm feeling. So like I said, today I'm feeling overwhelmed. Today I'm feeling frustrated. Today I'm feeling annoyed or whatever it may be. But then to clarify, based on this feeling, where I might be vulnerable throughout my day. Okay, I call it my temptation. So it goes like this. Because I'm feeling overwhelmed, Okay, today I'm feeling overwhelmed because I have too much on my plate or whatever it may be. Because of that, my temptation will to be will be to be short with people, to be snappy with people because I feel overwhelmed. Because I feel stressed, 
My temptation will be to be very task focused today because I got too much on my plate. So I'm going to be task focused, not people focused. Let's do it on the positive side because not all the emotions are negative. Sometimes it's positive. Today I feel excited. I feel energized. I feel enthusiastic. But the temptation may be to pray less because I'm feeling things are going so well. You see how this works? Clarify how I'm feeling and then point myself in the direction, figure out where am I vulnerable based on this feeling. And then the next step, okay, you want to really go next level, is then figure out an action that you will do to guard against it. So again, I'm feeling overwhelmed. So I, I might be a little bit snappy. So I'm going to guard against it by when as soon as I go home, I'm going to make sure that my wife knows that I love her. I'm going to go out of my way to tell her I love her, give her a kiss on the cheek, and ask her if she wants any help with anything, okay? Because I know that I'm in a situation where I'm vulnerable and I might be a little snappy that I'm going to go over and above or above and beyond to be the opposite. Because I know that I'm feeling, like I said, stressed this day and I might be task focused. I'm stressed, so I might be task focused. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to counteract that by being people focused by doing the following. I'm going to just pray and ask about three people today. So I'm going to go out of my way to call this person, to email this person, to text this person, to go out of my way because I need to be task focused because I got a lot on my plate. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make sure that I don't let that be the, 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 what controls me this day. So I'm going to go out of my way to be people focused. So on and so forth. You first clarify how you're feeling. Then you figure out where the weakness is. And then thirdly, you fortify that piece of the, of the fence or the wall by figuring out an action that you can take. My challenge to you, guard your heart. Guard your heart. You owe it to yourself to guard your heart. And again, I want to say something to the guys right here because I, I think guys will be the ones who are tempted to say this is dumb. Let me, uh, let me again speak to you and tell you something that I had. It took me a while to figure out. Clarifying your feelings doesn't create your feelings. So I know some of us were kind of scared of feelings and emotions, and that's why we're kind of scared of this whole area. But again, declaring it and identifying it doesn't create it. It simply opens your eyes to what's already there. Like the beads are already inside you, okay? Uh, me saying, hey, there's blue inside here didn't create the blue. It simply opened my eyes to it. And until my eyes are open to it, I cannot defend against it. I cannot come up with a strategy. I'm gonna be making a mess and spilling beans, beads all over the place. So simply, as long as my eyes are closed and I don't see it, all I'm doing is, is making sure that that will dictate my day. But when I open my eyes and I open the closet, it's just like the boogeyman. Once you open the closet on the boogeyman, all of a sudden it becomes much more manageable. And I guarantee you the same is true. When you open your eyes to what's inside your heart, then all of a sudden we can begin to address it. Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, Jesus says this, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. <clears throat> we focus too much on what's coming out, and we need to focus more on what's going on inside. So as I wrap up here, my question to you is, do you know what's on the inside? When was the last time you looked inside your heart? When was the last time you came up with a plan of how to guard your heart? I'm telling you the importance of it. Again, not knowing what's inside doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It simply means that you don't know. But you know what the truth is? Everyone else around you already knows it.
Like you're the only one who doesn't know. Your kids know what's inside you. Your wife knows what's inside you. Your husband knows what's inside you. The barista in Starbucks knows what's inside you. The poor driver who's in front of you who is, is, is stopped at the light when it's green, like that guy knows what's inside you. Everyone around you knows. But do you? Are you guarding your heart? Do you realize that everything you do flows from it? It's time for us to reject the lie. Reject the lie that it's all his fault. It's all her fault. It's time for us to accept the truth that maybe the solution lies not in the window, but actually in the mirror. The solution is not to look around, but to look within. And once we do that, or until we do that, I should say, we will be slaves. We will be slaves to our past. But that's not what God wants for us. What God wants is for us to be successful and for us to move forward. And the way that we do that is by guarding our hearts because from it flows everything that we do. I'll leave you with this thought. Relational success, in every aspect, but specifically marriage, relational success depends more on the condition of my heart than on the behavior of others. Your success, your success in your marriage, did you know that? Depends a lot more on what's inside you and what's the behavior of others. That's not how we normally think. The devil lies to us and says, it's because she said, it's because he did. But I'm here to tell you that your success will have a lot more to do with what's going on inside you. Because what's in you will eventually come out of you, regardless of who's with you. I'm praying God helps us to get this right. Okay, we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to our children. We owe it to our spouse. We owe it to future generations to not allow our future to be, continue to be dictated by our past. The way we're going to get there, we're going to guard our heart because we realize that from it flows everything that we do. Let's bow our heads for a prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for everything that you have given to us. We thank you, Lord, for this, this word that you've given us today and this call to guard our hearts. We pray, Lord, that you'd help us to be honest with ourselves Give us the courage that we need to look inside there, to figure out what's going on, to stop blaming our spouses, to stop looking at it as everyone else's fault, and to realize our, our accountability and our responsibility. And we know, Lord, that when we do that, we know that when we examine ourselves and we look in the mirror, not out the window, we know, Lord, that you will give us freedom in ways that we've never experienced before. And that's my prayer for everyone who is watching this video. We pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ the intercessions of all your saints. Hear us as we pray thankfully, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thanks for joining us here today. You can find us on any social media platform and feel free to share a message that inspires you with family and friends. If there's anything we can do for you, visit our website and let us know how we can help or how we can pray for you. If you aren't receiving our weekly email, please click the Stay Connected button on our website. Have a great day.